0: And my inner motivation has always been to understand the power that music has on our brain, but also show the value music has on branding. So now I get the chance to ask you, why did you want to work in the music industry? And what has always been your inner motivation to never stop reaching this goal?
1: I think, first of all, um, we're very fortunate to be able to work with what we love and it's a little bit like your story um i had no musical schooling at all i was uh in a very happy enthusiast uh, consumer and prosumer um just really really always music has been one of my you know key drivers in life and and um given a couple of moves in my life i had the privilege to actually dare to make a move and work with my passion and that was almost 12 years ago now sounds like you know way way back so I consider myself somewhat of a senior citizen in, in music tech but the short story is it was a passion move I moved from a previous career in completely different things um, but it wasn't only an emotional decision it was a time where I was hanging out with a lot of friends who were in the music industry both on the creative side and on the business side and and i realized that the whole market was digitizing uh, at the same time right in front of us both in terms of production distribution and consumption so not only was it you know a step for me personally to kind of go after my passion and start a company within within this space uh, there was also something massive in movement and you know fast forward 12 years uh, The whole market has changed right in front of us both in terms of production distribution and consumption so i was right but i've done a lot of failures on the way
0: and 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 something happened also in ibiza right you want to be able to work at the same time as you have fun because i always tell people i don't really work i wake up Mm -hmm. every day and i live and what my work is, is my passion and, and the drive of it. So I think there we are very uh, similar when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're fortunate. I mean, we, we had the opportunity to to go after that. And yes, there was, a, there was an instance uh, when I was hanging out on, on Ibiza, which we did every, every summer with good friends. And uh, I just realized that some of my best friends um, actually were there making money and I was there spending money and then uh, I was having obviously very fun when I was there every summer and then when I went home again I you know I had a boring life uh, in my opinion I mean I don't want to sound like like an idiot here I had a good job and a great family and good but but in terms of kind of passionately I was not into what I was working with and and um, I just realized the fact that you know fun boring money in money out that's a, a pretty interesting metric or metrics to look at from a life perspective and i decided to kind of try to move up in the fun making money segment of that Um, and obviously i i couldn't i couldn't enter into the creative side of the music industry but i could enter into the business side of the music industry and into the tech side and that's what i did with my my first startup in the music space and i've actually had four startups in music in the music tech space since then
0: yeah, and, and, and let's discuss about that. So you've been in the world of entrepreneurship uh, and in the music tense team for a while now. You co-founded Beats Music and Pacemaker, and you pioneered licensing deals and innovated the Nordic Tech. So walk us through your journey, mostly sharing your success stories and failures, as you mentioned, and, and most importantly, the learnings. hmm
1: well, I mean, it's it's a long story, right? Uh, but I will try to keep <laughs> it uh, short and dry, Swedish style. Um, just summarizing uh, everything with I'm actually doing the same thing today as as I as set out to do 12 years ago, and that that was based on the notion that the whole music industry was digitizing in front of us, obviously, and leading to the prerequisite that all the beautiful art music in the world would be available at our fingertips anywhere anytime any place that was you know an incredible notion because previously you were kind of limited to buying CDs which was great or vinyl or uh, You know, you were buying access to very limited catalog through uh, Analog distribution system, right? But even 10 years ago or 12 years ago Digitization was coming. It was coming through file sharing. It was coming through, you know, the Napsters or the Lime wires or the Pirate Bay's of the world, and and some limited kind of streaming solutions. Uh, hence, uh, th- that provided for me a massive opportunity because the most interesting problem to solve or job to be done in that context is obviously figuring out what music, to whom, when, and where. <clears throat> so the company. Um, or entity that would solve for that problem would would have a very interesting future. So <clears throat> it was all about kind of the filtering function or the you know the selection support uh, in in that market reality of all the music available anywhere anytime, any place that I set out to solve. And it was a bit early, um, maybe more than a bit early um, 12 years ago and but but the idea was still, to go after a source of music intelligence. And, and, and that first uh, startup, Pacemaker, we went out to connect with the glo- global DJ community, meaning that um, with the logic that all DJs of the world obviously work with selecting music <clears throat> in real time and contextualizing music for this specific bar or this party or you know, a Tuesday versus a Friday. And if we could tap into their collective knowledge and extract kind of their intelligence and emotional kind of decision making around what music goes with what music and what song comes next in what context, then we could actually create turn that around and create a music recommendation engine. <clears throat> so Tonium Pacemaker was all about finding a way to incept and connect with the global commu- uh, DJ community. Uh, and kind of extract their collective intelligence. Uh, We did that by building hardware. um, And uh, that was basically the only solution at that time, because this was even before App Store. So uh, we ended up having to distribute this Trojan horse, if you may, uh, through a hardware solution. And we built this very beautiful company with a hardware component called the pacemaker the world's first pocket-sized dj system which was kind of positioned around democratizing djing it was a prosumer product to go broader into the music tastemaker market and kind of connect with that market and then we built uh, software for that the embedded software the software client to that and an online platform where djs could upload and share their creative produce mean the mixes Uh, And we would extract the data in that whole kind of interchange, and then turn that into uh, an an amazing music music discovery place. Uh, So very ambitious, uh, and I would say quite on. I mean, it was it 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 was quite um, correct in the assumption that that was what the music industry would be about curation. Uh, But we ended up, uh, you know, raising twenty million dollars. lot of money at that time in music tech and in little sweden and we ended up spending almost all of it to iterate the hardware business because it's really hard to build hardware and so we ended up building a very very you know a unique hardware device and a brand launching in 20 markets but we weren't able to take it to the next step so we we kind of folded and gave up uh four and a half years into the pacemaker uh effort
0: and after that, how did you end up with the music?
1: So what happened then was that we, I still, during that period, we'd been, you know, the pacemaker device had been in kind of the the mid, you know, the the centerfold of Wired magazine. And it was all over the place as this intelligent kind of forward leaning music platform that could compete with Apple and so forth. So our investors were obviously all fired up about the the prospects of our, our innovation but uh, we had spent so much money and and effort and working day and night in kind of producing this, this hardware platform to distribute that we were running out of steam basically. And we weren't, you know, we didn't have enough power to reiterate the hardware and take it further. So we kind of concluded the Pacemaker ambition. And at that point I acquired the online platform from Pacemaker and we sold the hardware platform to our Korean manufacturing partner. And then I injected some of my own money into that and created um, an online platform called Let's Mix, which was the first human-driven music discovery platform, meaning that all the DJs there were filtered and uploaded uh, in a very interesting way. So you can go and start following DJs, which meant that you were actually connecting to human curation in real time. And it became a very, very strong platform for DJs to promote themselves. Uh, it was like a YouTube for DJs, and we did very unique licensing for that platform. And then for consumers, it started exploding because people just loved the fact uh, to follow a human instead, a human tastemaker, rather than you know trying to find music yourself. And it was it was a very nice kind of interchange between tastemakers and taste takers And um, so Let's Mix was um, kind of the world's first human or DJ-driven music platform. Uh, and we used initial parts of our AI and and kind of the intelligence that we extracted to create these recommendations for the DJs and mixes for the listeners and it took off Uh, but uh, during the pacemaker hardware kind of times where we were all over the world you know promoting this this bigger vision um, Jimmy Iveen and Dre were starting Beats Music or sorry they were starting Beats by Dre the headphone company And they were kind of betting on hardware as well initially to kind of break into the music industry and kind of connect to the digitization by headphones and in their instance. And uh, they tried to buy the pacemaker from us because they thought it was a perfect component in in kind of the beats uh, portfolio. Uh, We weren't successful or wasn't successful in brokering that deal and they didn't want to pay that much and our investors thought we were going to be the new apple so that didn't work out really well and they didn't really understand the power of these these people as well how kind of important they were for music in general short long story short uh, when i had let's mix i was able to re- re-engage with with jimmy Andre and luke and the team over there and um, this was right in line with what they saw as kind of the competing thesis to spotify who is Really, just focusing on building a robot at that time and kind of unlocking artificial intelligence uh, and applying machine learning in order to create, you know, like a recommendation engine. They were more focused on looking to build a human driven music service uh, or what Jimmy re- referred to as the New York Times for music. So, an editorially driven uh, music product. And that was a per let's mix was a perfect starting. Point for them, so they actually acquired Let's Mix for me, and I transferred my team into uh, becoming the Beats Music initial Beats Music team, and we incorporated in Sweden on in stealth mode to kind of build out the competitor to Spotify, global competitor to Spotify, uh, and that obviously uh, was the next kind of uh, challenge, very big challenge, and uh, that's a whole book in itself, that story. But I just conclude by uh saying that 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 at the end of the day that worked out really well uh but I checked out uh before we uh sold the company to Apple because I was completely exhausted it was the absolute craziest ride and I've been in a couple of crazy rides uh but it became a really nice product uh it, it was it was a really nice effort and you know Apple music is now the obviously the main competitor to Spotify worldwide and it's 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 uh, been interesting and, and stimulating to be in the middle of all of that
0: is there any regrets that you wish that you did differently or something that now when you are more educated in the business and know more that you wish you could have done differently back then
1: yes i mean lots of things obviously um i mean i I can just try to generalize and say that people have a tendency to underestimate the underestimate the complexity of music streaming and um there's also a lot of opportunists and people that think that yeah but th- how hard can it be you know but it's extremely hard i mean it's super complex um you not just the technology as such but uh, the whole fulfillment of a music service and the consumer expectation is obviously enormous now i mean we're so spoiled as consumers right now so so <clears throat> it it's a um, very challenging place to be because you could often hear, I mean, just give me Spotify and we'll put a sticker on it. Uh, and but you need to find your your build the infrastructure, you need to source the content, you need to build the team, you need to find your differentiation, you need to excel in like basic product metrics, you need to commercialize it and and you need to package it and you need to innovate to lead and and that's not trivial and um i think what i'm doing right now which is my fourth startup um soundtrack your brand or soundtrack as we refer to it um i'm doing it again but i'm doing it now in in the b2b space so basically reinventing background music uh, for the streaming era and as you said previously that was when i moved back home and and kind of needed a job and took you know, the next step, I decided to start the B2B streaming service of the world. And I did that together with Spotify. And and here we are seven years later, uh, rolling out globally.